want to give a quick shout out to Electro Voice, the sponsors of the Green Room Podcast. They've been around for 90 years. They design and engineer leading edge sound. They do everything from live networking stuff to loudspeaker stuff. They know what they're talking about. They have tons of hands-on experience. And Ryan at Electro Voice has donated us four different mics that we use for this podcast between the RE320, which was, you know, the re the rendition that Electro Voice did of the RE20, which was what Michael Jackson recorded Thriller on, to the ND76, which is the Electro Voice version of the industry standard Sure SM58. I think they sound even better. So shout out to Electro Voice for being there for us, making us sound good. And that's why we all live for sound. Shout out Electro Voice. <laughs> oh, and with that, welcome. Welcome to the Green Room Podcast. It's 6 a.m. here in overcasted Minneapolis. The temperature is about 85 degrees. This is 89.3, the current. <laughs> <laughs> hey, no clapping. Uh, Only snapping. That's right. That's right. I forgot. Right. I forgot. This well, we have, is we have a really, really special guest with us today to help us. Special guest. <laughs> he's all the way. He's all the way back in Minneapolis from where he lives now in Denver. In Denver. Where he lives now. From where he lives in Denver. <laughs> from whence I where came. Yes. His name. His name is Phil or Phyllis. Hello, I know I'm Phyllis. Phyllis. I go Phyllis. by the Foxy Dope. Foxy Dope. Part of AKA Beak Nasty. Foxy Dope, yeah. Okay, Foxy Dope, part yeah. of Beak Nasty. Beak Nasty? Part of Beast Nasty. That's right. Snacky. <laughs> uh, and he he's a great drummer. Drumline drummer. I've Yeah, I've drumlined it up before. Yeah. But that movie, no no correlation. Right? No. There's two different kinds yeah. of drumlines. Let me say this. It's There's a core style and there's a show band style. And show band is it's pretty tight, but... For the most part, it's like just learning new tunes that are like poppy and stuff and going out and like jamming out. But the core style stuff is like super intricate and wild and a whole other world. Um, but yeah. yeah. And what do you prefer? I mean, the core style is like what I um, did primarily. It's just the only reason why I bring it up because my entire life is like, yo, what about Nick Cannon and that drumline well, movie? Dude, they just put out a series on Netflix called marching orders marching and it's orders. about this college in the south called b and h i think and they're like it's what drumline was based off of okay it's I pretty mean, that, interesting yeah. it's, it's, i watched the whole season and like it, the episodes are 10 minutes long so i watched oh, the whole oh, thing cool. in like an hour and a half that's cool wait <laughs> it's really not that great it's, but I feel like it, it was interesting it's not really a season they could have just put it, it all was together. really weird like i don't even know like what you YouTube, would make that's like a youtube and show. it was a netflix original thing Okay. I don't know. Well, I don't know why they just didn't make an hour and a half long documentary about the band. Right. Marching Orders. Marching Orders. Yeah. It's yeah. like on the front page of Netflix what, right now. It's uh, recent. But you're from the South. A lot of people don't know that. The South. Well, I wouldn't say it's necessarily the South, even though it's more Southern than the South, just like South Florida is kind of more... I thought you were from Florida. I am. Yeah. But it, it's not necessarily like... I don't know. South. I, yeah. I know what you're saying. You it's not like you're. I'm not. I'm not a country boy. Yeah, yeah. It's not. I grew your, up right outside um, the city, in South Florida. Dixie. You know. Shout out Cooper City stuff. Shout out Fort Lauderdale, Miami. Cool. That, Dude, we flew into Fort Lauderdale when we went to Key Largo. I went to go scuba diving. Shout out the Keys. The Keys yeah. are awesome. It was super awesome. When yeah. I went to Cuba, I went to. Uh, Fart Lauderdale. Fart Lauderdale. <laughs> what? What? Does, what? Fart Lauderdale. Nice. I like that. And is there really a spot called that in Cuba? 
No, no, Fort Lauderdale. <laughs> oh, I was like, well, what are you saying? Uh, <laughs> Yeah, and also when I went to uh, when I went to Guatemala, I feel like it's the exit point. It's like the butthole of America. Oh, Florida? That's where <laughs> I grew up, baby. Fort Lauderdale. Yeah, Lauderdale. It's funny because I used to I used to play like just on the beach. This place called the Jetties, which is basically like it's the port of Fort Lauderdale, where all the big cruise ships come out of. And we used to just like fuck around there and get weird when we were too young to do it anywhere else. Yeah. <laughs> Nice. Uh, well, what brings you back? Um, I know the answer, but why don't you tell people? Yeah, I just played a show at 7th Street Entry uh, with a bunch of my really good friends. Uh, Hoos, my buddy Alex, uh, Sam Rifkin, Conduit, um, Sh- Nate Schwex, and Jake Mamukshu. They're all amazing uh, producers, performers, and the show went really well. Shout out LNH productions for throwing that and bringing us all together yeah almost sold out that was super sweet shout out to uh betsy holding down the bar there you go yeah. what up bets she's always there placing bets <laughs> the one woman bar team i didn't get anything from her because they don't have white claw in there they didn't i no. saw you get- i literally like went <laughs> up there that, three like- times and three separate times i forgot that she was like no we have it in the depot and yeah. so i would like go oh. out into the depot you got- i saw it. you get a Bauhaus. I don't remember that, so... Yeah, I know, and then, and then I went you to... You were super stoked I was to see you I eventually gave up, you. apparently. And then I was, I was talking to a friend, and I went to go find you like 10 minutes later, and you were just MIA, and I was like, oh, well. I went back to Seven to hang out with the Kardashians, you know? Oh, uh, yeah. Duh. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> I thought they were the Kardashians. I don't know. Ellie. They told me they were the Kardashians. Hey, if you so act, just like, if you act like a Kardashian. Do you think... Let's go... Do you think that uh, uh, Kim Kardashian, she dated... What's his name? Chris Humphreys from here? He's an NBA player. Yeah. And do you think that's why Chloe dated an NBA player is to try to be like her younger sister? I think that none of that is a thing at all. I think they just end up at certain places and they're like, yo, what's up? You want to bang? And then boom, on the news. You think? Yeah. You think they're just like Damn. banging and then all of a sudden they're like a news okay. couple? Yeah. What, what about this? I goes. think they're strategically chosen by Chris Kardashian, or who I think is that. the mastermind of or all of this that. crazy right. fandom that they've think... developed for doing literally farts on the couch. Like, <laughs> now let me nothing. ask you this then. Do you think Chris Kardashian is the mastermind between Bruce? Bruce Wayne? Who's that? I mean, Caitlyn? Thank you. Um... That is a whole nother like <laughs> can of worms that I don't even want to go into. The reasoning for like Caitlyn becoming Caitlyn, I think, has nothing to Bruce do. Bruce becoming Caitlyn, you can say Bruce. Okay, he, well, I don't think it has Bruce, anything to do with Chris Caitlyn. Kardashian. I don't. I don't think that her transition was planned by Illuminati Chris Kardashian. Right this is some crazy shit. Yeah. yeah, we can we can go through and edit this. Yeah, you when know, I speaking we, I mean of, of extra, <laughs> just let me edit it out. I won't do anything. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, speaking of people that are extra lately, um, oh, Bass oh. Nectar has been <laughs> right. yeah, laying let's, let's some little down. turds the last couple of days on this, on the social media. I, I was just um, informed of this directly before, so let's hear it. <laughs> yeah, we don't even know anything about this yet. I don't know. I mean, I think he's stepped in a little shit before when it comes to how hardcore his fans are and if like he deviates from their like perception of him at all, they freak out. And so I've seen little tiffs that have happened before, but I think he's just like totally given up on trying to be like diplomatic about his different views. Like if he has difference in views from people that listen to him. And actually that's not even a thought. You can listen to this yourself. 
So he made a post basically saying that religion sucks. (laughs) And, you know, despite my feelings about that, I don't think I would ever say it to my fan community. It's a polarizing topic. It is. Can I read it? Um, I will read it for you right now. Thank you. (laughs) Some dude said, wow, man, huge fan of your music, but this is unacceptable. To insult my religion just because some people don't have the same views as you. Oh, I thought we're all about love and acceptance. That's a shame. I have a base nectar ticket for sale. (laughs) (laughs) And Lauren said. Lauren? Lauren? You mean Lolo? Daddy Lolo? Lolo goes... (laughs) Dude, religion is a joke. Are you b- telling me you believe in fairy tales? I have zero respect for religion. It's nothing but monkey tribalism and caveman hocus pocus. Religion is anti-love and anti-peace. So sell your ticket, man. Jesus is whispering in my ear that you're basic. Oh my god! Wow, it's <laughs> pretty savage. I mean, okay. There's one thing. There's one thing to to make a post like that. The other thing is to be that annoying person responding and arguing on social media. Yeah, you know what I mean. My brother used to work for a, a coffee shop sticky. in this city, and his his owners would his owner would kick people out of people sitting at the bar, just like sipping on coffee for hours, studying on their computers or working on whatever, which is what happens at a coffee shop. Yeah, and he would kick people out to make room for more people coming in because it's a pretty high traffic place. And then people would tweet about it or get angry, be like, "I just got kicked out of blah 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 blah." And this guy would go on Twitter or on social media and would respond and get into arguments with him. I was like, that's not, not, the, way to, that's not yeah. the way to do it. I mean, <laughs> I would definitely say not. <laughs> that's, that's not a good way to uh, come across as an owner of an establishment, I is mean, to argue with reality, your paying customers. He's not going to lose that much money because he did this. No, he's I not. I really don't think no, so. No, he's not. But There's I mean, enough. Like I mean, every day a new base head is born. And like, <laughs> <laughs> you know, and like, like it doesn't matter. Because they've if, listened to the music and because they were just conceived at a base nectar show. Yeah, yeah. no, for <laughs> yeah. real. Like, though, I feel like for every base nectar fan that's like, look this, there's like two more that are like, oh, I've never heard this before. And they're like, I obsessed. mean, are you guys fans? at all um i no he was the first electronic <laughs> show i ever saw i respect the dude I've, i think his production is good i respect him from the point that he's not like huge into music theory and didn't go to like some school for it but obviously i don't condone just like shitting on people because yeah. they think something different yeah, than yeah. You. i mean and I, lots of, i mean whatever i don't listen to him i'm not just a, leave it at that for i'm me. not a hater Word. i'm not a hater but i will say this the first bass necker show i saw everybody was really hyped about it and talking him up and this was at somerset maybe like Year two or three, dude. I loved that show. I was well, there totally was a, at it that was. One. I saw two of them at Somerset. Uh, I was at every year, and the second time I saw him was an awesome show. The first time I saw him, I thought he laid a fucking egg. Just a just done. But it was. It could have been people hyping him up and me coming in with like greater expectations because of all the rabid fans, you know. Um, but I wasn't. No, I'm not going to say I, I dislike his music. It's just I don't listen to it. It's one of those things. Yeah, I'm, we'll leave it at when we don't listen yeah, to it. Yeah, I just I don't listen to it. Yeah, I don't it's really It's fine if it comes on, if someone's playing it, I'm like, cool. Yeah. yeah. Cool, Pat. I don't, Whatever. I don't go out of my way to, like, jam his stuff. Um, so none like, of us listen to it. And, like, <laughs> it's, just, it's just also, I feel like there's a way more people, like, other certain artists that would be easier to, like, 
hate on. <laughs> like, yeah, I'm not hate, is, like, is, I don't want to hate on is anybody. Tight, but like, also, I wonder what's like. Is there any explanation for why he just started bashing religion on Twitter? Because I mean, at certain points in my life, I have also just because of you know the loss of like life and shit that goes on yeah. because of because of religious views. But at the same time, I realize like that is you know not that's just the extreme points of it you know right. extremism right and yeah i don't i don't see why he would do that is there any explanation well, sometimes you just he, wake up he in a did bad not mood stop too. there i've been just reading this oh, whole thread of things he says but here's the a good one. if you claim you're a christian you also but you also vote republican you're a hypocrite it's the party of corruption it's a crime syndicate and all of their sellout evangelist preachers and fake prayers are lying to you. It's if you're smart and awake, just admit Jesus definitely hates Trump. It sounds. It sounds like um, <laughs> that's pretty that funny. Sounds, that that could be a new trending Jesus hashtag right Trump. there. Um, I, it sounds to me like he he just went on YouTube recently. He found some time from his busy touring schedule, went on YouTube and watched Zeitgeist for the first time. <laughs> oh my God. Uh, yeah, I mean. I just figured he's, I he's having a spiritual really awakening I don't with some of the things right that he's insinuating, but he's just like, well, I guess he's just had enough. It really is. <laughs> oh, my God. And I've had he's enough woke. now, too. Yeah, now. no, yeah. this is... Um, well, you know what? Uh, some stand-up comedian or somebody said something recently. <laughs> wait, 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 wait. Last wait. thing he said. Wait, thing. One thing. Democrats ain't perfect, but Republicans are actually horrible. Just to, shout out Republicans. To his last quote in this rant about <laughs> cool. <all of> this. <laughs> neat, neat, dude. Um, Pretty niche. I, there was a one stand-up comedian who said something recently, or there, he has a joke about it, where he's like, "When I was growing up, my parents always told me never bring up uh, God or never bring up religion and politics because it's always going to end up in an argument." And that's so true. And he's like. But these days, it just gets brought up all the time, and no wonder everybody's so pissed off at each other because they keep talking about it. And you're not going to change each other's minds. Yeah. If you've already made up your mind, you're not going to. You can't go on Twitter and be like, oh, fuck, "Fuck religion." And I mean, nobody's going to change their mind about it. Yeah. Just I, I you think make cool bass music. I think that that has been a thing forever, though. You know, yeah, like it always has been. But most people like have shut up about it. I remember my dad and my cousin getting in a huge political argument when I was a kid. And like we've all seen our fair we've share all seen of familial, familial family arguments. Familial, yeah, shout out the familials. And he like <laughs> we were driving home on the we were driving home from my grandma's house, and he's just like, yeah, that's. He's like, I he's like, I fucked up. That's why I always say never argue religion and politics. I'm like, well, you're right. Sometimes it just you're snowballs, right. you know. And then before you know it, you're there and you're pissed. I know. I, I don't know. know. Sometimes you gotta fight for your right to pray, brother. <laughs> I guess some people do though. Look, if you if you believe in God or whatever God you believe in, like that's awesome. That's amazing. If you go preaching about not believing in God or believing in your God to other people and telling them that they need to change the way that they are because of these certain beliefs, yeah, kind of unacceptable. So like, I don't know. I like calling people out that are like, you need to do this. That just doesn't fucking make any sense no, to me. Nobody needs to do anything. Yeah, like, what do you know what these people need? Yeah. <laughs> uh, when I was a kid, I, uh, there was this book written by, it was a children's book by Roald Dahl, who wrote uh, Charlie and the Chocolate Factory and a bunch of other cool kids' books. And it was about this priest who had dyslexia. 
and he would Less have, <laughs> he couldn't say God, so he'd always say dog. So he's just like, let's pray to dog. <laughs> it, was great. it was really funny. I pray to dog frequently. <laughs> Speaking of dog, there's a dog running around upstairs. Jesus Christ. Was that what that was? Yeah, I hear this like rumbling. It's, the, it's that child. Is it a child? It's a big dog. <laughs> that child is the rambunctious. <laughs> we took him off the leash and he just went crazy. <laughs> Dude, how funny are kids on leashes? Oh my There's God. There's a kid's podcast upstairs and that's all they do is put, hold him let's on a chain. Up, let's hit up Daddy Lolo and get his opinion on kids on leashes. Children on leash? Yeah. yeah. I would love to see some tweets on that. Free the leash kids. Free the leash. <laughs> if you let all the kids, if all the kids were on leashes today, if you let them loose, they could change the world. Do man. you think they could build their own government? <laughs> they could. <laughs> baby. Baby state. Baby gov. Those little rascals. Yeah, baby, baby Republicans. Baby.gov slash no leash. <laughs> the He Man Woman Haters Club. Yeah, pretty much. It'd be like <laughs> a little club. Um. <laughs> a man that's so manly, if he fell off a building, he'd go out of his way to land on a girl. <laughs> <laughs> you never seen Little, little Rascals? Oh my God. I guess I haven't <laughs> seen it in quite some it's years. Be sexist. Welcome to our childhood. <laughs> <laughs> but at the same time, then there was Little Giants. Which was, Which was empowering. Empowering, And I yeah. played football. I played uh, flag football for many moons and then one year of tackle until I was, like, not down with that. Thank God it was only, like, fifth grade. You didn't, like, kick another girl's asses? There were no other girls. Oh, what? It was just you? Yeah. Against all the dudes? I think there was one other girl Did in the whole league. Did you kick the dude's asses? Oh, uh, yeah. I wouldn't have kept doing it. Yes. <laughs> this is awesome news. No, I totally got over, like, just being the only girl. And you, also getting this shit kicked out of me. I don't know why men enjoy that. What do you think about because we're fucking animals? We're, yeah, yeah brother. What's up, brother? <laughs> Trying to go pick it's on a little man. It's little genes, man. man. It's it's hundreds and thousands of years of evolution. Me and my brothers <laughs> are at the top of the food chain now. All right. Yeah. We we this this our right our God given right to be here. <laughs> Lord um, save us from the homosexuals. Oh, the queer. You're not queer, are you? <laughs> uh, this this work event I had the other day. It was people people who are homophobic. First of all, like that's the funniest thing ever to me. That people are homophobic. Well, yeah, just yeah. like I don't I don't get it. But okay, nobody. Go yeah, on. I don't know really gets it. You should go to um, the milk bar to do no. amateur comedy stand up. Get whiskey milks. <laughs> the yeah, only dude, joke I remember from milk. that whole thing was that one guy that was like. How come you only ever hear of a haunted house? Well, I guess probably <laughs> ghosts went into like an apartment and were like, God, the neighbors are so fucking loud up there. And then they he went and stole a house. No, 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 no. Oh, you you totally like that. botched that. What? It was you totally botched it. Uh, it was something about the haunted houses. No, it's about haunted houses and uh, the guy said I can, it sounds like the neighbors upstairs should take off their boots. Oh, yeah, that was good, too. <laughs> Holy shit, that, that is terrible. You know what, though? Talking about, <laughs> that is so bad. Talking about, jokes. talking about good jokes, I came up with a good joke the other day in my head, and I'm going to test it out right now on you guys. Oh, God. I hope it's so worse bad. than what I just did. So uh, my, <laughs> my, friend, my friend Jim just recently bought a Subaru Forester. And he got it a couple weeks ago, and I went over to his place to check it out. And he ran over some glass, so it was like he got a couple flat tires, and it was drooping on one side. So I uh, 
we start nicely calling it the Subaru Forester Whitaker. <coughs> oh my god. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> oh my Lanza. Oh man. Yeah, yay, nay, thumbs shout up, out, thumbs shout down. Shout out Forest Whitaker. Thumbs up, thumbs yeah. down. I'm gonna give that one a a down? Yeah. Oh, come on. It's better than that. I don't know about that one, bud. If it was right. on our going to hell, I would upvote it. I'll leave it there. <laughs> Forrest Whitaker. So, anyway. Anyway. What else is going on with you guys? What's new? Um, they're starting to make it illegal in other countries. I saw this morning on Reddit, of course. Mm-hmm. To work or to send emails, work emails, outside of work hours. And some oh, countries cool. are even implementing laws where you just cannot do any sort of work on your, like after you're outside of the hours of when you're supposed to work. Why? So people are just not thinking about work all the time like we are here. I mean, it will no. never happen here. No, <laughs> never. Yeah, say what? I used to get uh, emails from the my countries boss. countries with good health care like and stuff. Oh, Those well, ones. I mean, I guess, yeah. I... And good yeah. mental health. Those <laughs> ones. <laughs> yeah. That, I don't know. <laughs> Yeah, so move there if you're into that. <laughs> Wherever that is. Yeah, I'm on board. I should have read more. I, just I was read thinking, the like, <laughs> how would anyone, like, in this country or other countries, like, try to do their own thing and work on their own time and, like, be someone who doesn't have hours and is their own boss? Like, how can you be your own entrepreneur when you can't do anything outside of your own work? But I guess that would only be from people who are like hired to bigger companies. And yeah, stuff. no, it'd be basically just saying that the the your workplace of work can't tell you to like do oh, something okay. outside of work hours. Well, that's tight. To be working when you're not supposed to be being like. Well, I guess like we uh, justify it here as like we're well, we're on a salary. Yeah. Right. right. Yeah. But they're not down with that in other places that we're not they're sure of right now. Good job, not down with that. Yeah, I used to get emails. The last for the I only two corporate jobs, too, the only two corporate jobs <laughs> I had, I would get emails from both of my bosses at like one, two, three a.m. because they're both people who get to like those manager manager positions. Yeah, are workaholic crazies. Yeah, you were working constantly. Like he would, like we'd play a show, and then he'd be up, and like when I'd wake up in the room around like nine or ten, he'd be gone already from the hotel room already like downstairs in the lobby working and yep. we just got home at like four in the morning what a life it's fun times yeah uh, i don't know how yeah. i did it uh i don't know how i did it now either because as you know this morning i couldn't even get my ass out of bed before 11 <laughs> yeah i know <laughs> what is it one o'clock One thirty. we had to you know get the coffee and like do all the things yo so how long are you in minneapolis for um, so I'm playing at Five and Five Alive. Oh, uh, next when weekend. is that? Next weekend. Okay. Well, this this upcoming weekend. Yeah. Um, so I just decided to stay in town because that made more sense than like trying to get a round trip flight back and then figuring out how to get back to Iowa when it's super close. Right. But Five and Five Alive is going to be awesome. It's only a five-hour drive from here. Hey, maybe I can ask Base Nectar oh, uh, what's, well, versus what's going 14 on. Yeah, why Denver. don't you ask him, please, what he's thinking here? What What if I gave him a uh, like a cross? Like you should just necklace. go pray for him. Yeah, like a really nice sterling silver necklace of a cross. You know what you should do? You should give him an upside-down cross that is in oh. more of the shape of a middle finger. Oh well, he would love that. <laughs> he would love it. We'd be best friends. Yeah. Not that we aren't already. But, but upside-down cross is like the church of. 
the Church of Satan. The Church of Dad. And he's not religious, so he doesn't subscribe to that church either. Oh, shit. Loopholes. Yeah. Right? <laughs> no, but Five on Five Live is going to be tight. Uh, there's so many good artists on there. A lot of homies. Shout yeah, who are you excited Green. for? Because I haven't really, uh, I haven't really checked the lineup so much this year. So we're right, we're sandwiched in between some awesome people. Oh, like, is it is it you and Ryland? Yeah, Big Ryland Nancy? and I cool. are playing at, on. I forget the name. It's like the Kingdom Stage or Vision Stage. I oh, don't know. It's the second stage, and it is like all, a bunch of homies on there. But we're sandwiched in between uh, Homemade Spaceship and DMBU. Oh, sweet! And then the first day is like. Conduit, who I just played with, into Essex, into Champagne Drip, I believe, into some, and those are literally three Sams right there that all oh. make really good music. So you call what you call it a sandwich? Uh, oh damn! Oh, that's, sorry, damn. sorry guys. That to. was he'll zing you, he'll yeah. zap you. Look <laughs> out! I mean, should I repeat my Forrester Whitaker joke? <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> Not to repeat my joke, but. There it is. No, that's um, cool, man. That's cool. There's uh, some other. I mean, like Opio, one of my favorites. I love Opio. Yeah, yeah. Shoot, where's the lineup again? He's been all over this summer. It's yeah, insane. literally, almost out of nowhere. He's just everywhere. Well, I mean, like it's we've been awesome. listening to him for you know we all have been yeah. listening to him for years, but he was so far away, you know, just so far. So far away. Why is that Australian or a Kiwi? You're good at He's that. He's Australian. That sounds Kiwi. It does sound Kiwi. But I told you that. <laughs> I did that accent for an Australian person. They're like, you sound like a Kiwi. But it, it could have passed, you know? So Pat's not that intuitive, y'all. Close enough. Close enough. <laughs> you guys are funny. Is hey, uh, congratulations. You're our second comeback guest. Oh, nice. You and Thorny. Oh, shit. You guys should have like one of those soundboards right now for it. Like, beep, 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 comeback. This is episode 20, so this is a big deal for us. All right. Um, congratulations on our milestone oh, being here. Awesome. Album of the week. <laughs> Gross. <laughs> that's what they should call a dick, a skin flute. No, it, it is. Skin, they, uh, that's, that's what the thing. it's called. You never heard that? No? That's why I made the joke. The skin flat. That's why I was like, <laughs> oh, I heard she, she plays a great flautist. She's, she's a, she plays an instrument. She plays a skin flute really well. <laughs> she's oh a flautist. God. A flautist? Yeah. Oh no, my that's fucking God. Yeah, you never heard that before, ever? Yeah, that's really fucking hilarious. <laughs> it's, been, it's been creating laughs for about 10 years now in my life. Oh, I feel like it's been way longer than that <laughs> it's for been me. Going forever. That shit's a, that, no, that's not new. That's a classic joke. <laughs> but I can't, like, I can't believe you've never heard that joke before. It's okay, we can just get over it. <laughs> <laughs> that's what she's tried to do. Oh, God. Yeah, but she couldn't. <laughs> so stupid. <laughs> Anyway, all right, we're here. We're back with album of the week. Album of the week. Should we start with our our special guest, Phil? What's your album of the week? My album of the week is my dude Paul Deerskin. Uh, shout out! It's uh, Coco Pelli's flute, and it's this four track EP, and it's awesome. You should definitely check it out. Yeah, it's yeah, on it SoundCloud. Tight. It's on it's great. SoundCloud. It came out it. on the Rust uh, Music Group. Hell yeah! I think they're in New York. Yeah. That's great. It sounded awesome, even just on the phone sample that you played. Yeah, they're, really they're, he's he's awesome. He just played some of my favorite sets of the summer when I got to see him, especially at Earth Rhythms. Oh yeah, um, that was awesome. Did you have a good time at Earth Rhythms? Dude, that was 
That's some of the best. That's where I first summer. met you, I think. Really? Like two years we, ago? We were all hanging out on the bus. Okay, word. That first year that they had it, I yeah, think. Yeah, that's what's up. Dude. That but. was not called Earth Rhythms. No. That was called Blue Moon. Mean. Oh, oh, or Cosmic Ascension. It no. was supposed to be Cosmic Ascension, Blue but then MJ moon. canceled it because all the headliners weren't coming because they didn't oh. get deposits, I guess. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I forgot they, that about that. So Pure Bliss, like last like minute, threw something together ago? themselves because people already something had like, like time off work and shit. Yeah. yeah and then it was we like both, four years ago, man. We co headlined yeah. that. And I remember you guys, you yeah. guys like played, and you guys and we were all plays up. That, played that, right? What? It was you, it was you guys, and then us, and then Spundos play that. Do you know who that is? I we, maybe feel like I know who like that Spundos is, but like I don't know Soda. if he was on that. Familiar. Oh, Wisota was on that. Wisota for sure. For sure. Okay. And I think Spanky, Spankylicious no, was there. No, he was there, but he wasn't on the bill. Oh, he wasn't. Shout out all those guys. Um, <laughs> yeah, that was a good time. But that was like four years ago. It's hard to imagine that was that long ago. And yeah, I think dude. somehow you guys, you and Ryland, had everything packed up on like three hours of sleep and i went to get coffee and you guys were all like packing up and they're like all right see ya we got another gig and like you just took off and i'm like how do they do it <laughs> uh yeah a lot of terrible gas station energy drinks and food and you know Seriously. <laughs> i feel like people don't appreciate the shit that we put into our bodies to make music Dude, especially to get places though it's that's real talk though it's you true. know how many taquitos? Do you know how many rock stars? I'm yes. talking about the energy drinks. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's it's true. It's true. Uh, I mean, 16-hour drives sometimes yeah. are just kind of ridiculous. It's par for the course. at the same time, it's part of the game. Like, yeah. I just always, making it to the spot no matter what. I always show. laugh when people tell me they're so bummed. Oh, I'm so tired, man. I just drive three hours. Okay, baby. Seriously. <laughs> okay. You fucking wimp. <laughs> it's, That's like a blink yeah. of an eye for me. Yeah. I don't know. At this point, like, this, uh, the ride out to Iowa and then from Iowa back to Denver is doing nothing because it's like nine hours from Iowa to Denver. Yeah, it's not that bad. You're halfway there. And it's now, funny yeah, what feels like, like nothing hours. to us, you know? Yeah. yeah. I mean, the last drive I just did was we. I went to I scooted over to Milwaukee after Infrasound, which is in. Um, That's like a High six Ridge. hour drive. That's like, yeah. Five, and then six. so I kicked it in Milwaukee for a night, and then it was a 16 hour drive from the Wookiee back to the other Wook. Yeah. The Dirty D, the Denvish. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 16 hours is long. That's a, that is a long drive. I'd say Plenty of for us anyway, cities. you probably. Oh, yeah. I feel like y'all drive. Some Probably, crazy distance. You guys, oh, yeah. you guys drive longer distance yeah. than we do for sure. But I would say, like, if we're getting post 10 and a half hours, I'm starting to be like, let's FML. Yeah. You know, but after 10, up to 10 and a half, I'm like, not bad. You know, I'm still going to get there in the daylight. It's not bad. It's the worst one that we had was back from what, Albuquerque. What's like a lot to you? I mean, what do you kind of be like, Ash? Yet? When I did that twenty-two hour drive that's from, a, that's uh, what I say that's a, that was did the you worst. Go to Albuquerque, one Albuquerque, <laughs> from here to Albuquerque is about twenty-two. Straight. <sighs> what? From here to Albuquerque? Oh, I guess yeah. Wow, I just that was weird because I'm playing Albuquerque in uh, November. Oh yeah, it's close. To, it's not that bad from it's Denver. It's super about six close hours. to Denver, yeah, but yeah. I just <laughs> yeah. it's had six a hour drive from Denver. Yeah, Thorny came down. 
That's right. He well, drew, oh, he ended he up flew. flying he actually flew. because he Yo. played a different show the next day. Oh, and he we, didn't want to be yeah, tired. Yeah, we made we made so much fun for yeah, him. Yeah, you can make fun baby. of him. He he flew so he didn't have to drive six hours home because he had another show the next day. <laughs> <laughs> right? <laughs> Isn't that funny how we're all laughing that like, yeah. he's like such a baby for like, not driving? So uh, I mean, whatever though, if you got it, you fly got, it. Whatever. Yeah, right. Yeah. Like if I, I would had fly too if I had the money. To whatever. That, I'd be like yeah. on a plane, but also it's just like not an option most times. Right. I, I didn't know. think of that, so it's yeah. like all if right, I we're had, driving. If I'm not getting paid at least the ticket, like it's literally a non-starter. I'm not gonna get yeah. out of bed for it. It's it's hard to even do for shit. a really good homie. <laughs> it's hard to do shit even when you're getting paid correctly because right. I mean there's like you so much money. shit that goes into like so many expenses, random things, and then like I mean sometimes it depends on what happens in the trip. You know, a lot of shit could go wrong. Yeah, you guys are like captain. Shit can go wrong. Yeah, tell us some of your experiences. Oh man, where do I start? <laughs> I really don't know. <laughs> I guess like, I'll start with like... me being a dumbass. Oh. I used to forget my like power cords. Hey, we can start there because there's no, a link I, here. I sold you. Oh, the first, yeah, first, first show that very first time go. we met at, that, at Pure Bliss that we were just talking about. I gave you. I sold you like my <laughs> so uh, effing funny my nine volt adapter for your kit. Those fucking nine spots are like <laughs> seriously the end of my life. But now I've had one for like over a year. It's crazy. You better knock on this table right now. Yeah, th- th- thank God that I've always played with people that are in bands. Actually, or like have some kind of like live. Not always, but like. Usually when I've I've ever forgot my power cord, I think every time, besides the times that I've like bought some off of some beforehand, I forgot it, like get to the show, someone has had one. Someone has had one and has been nice enough to let me use it or let me buy one off of them or some shit. Yeah. But there's been so many times that the show like almost didn't happen for me. It's like, oh, it, surprise DJ said, even though these fucking drums are all set up right here, it's just one <laughs> thing we don't have. One thing the one thing <laughs> you're just throwing people and it's always off. like at that late at night it's like a really unreasonable yeah thing uh, to go no, try to yeah find. like no you can't it, just run over to guitar center and you're like sound checking and it's like almost done yeah right you know it's yeah. like i don't know i guess getting there early for sound check has kind of saved saved us also just because then we actually have time to do that but i <laughs> ryland and i have bought like so many of those for me <laughs> he'll just buy me a bunch of shit sometimes and be like, here you go. I know you're going to lose these drum keys. He buys me random drum keys all the time. Oh, yeah. Sticks. I've yeah. had to like, we were like going outside to like rip sticks off of like trees. Really? To like play shows before. It's probably, oh, my that's a nice, God. unique. Um, <laughs> you're very just connected I've been, to the I've universe. been good, though. I've been good, music, all right? Yeah. I, I, I tend to like keep my stuff now cables cables I think that those- comes with experience like it really does take losing stuff a lot or f- leaving the wrong cables uh, at home which i do hating constantly. yourself for it <laughs> yeah, for i had to use someone else's controller when we were in tulsa and the bpm randomly kept going down on the left channel like literally it'd be at 100 and then all of a sudden i would see the like the tempo meter on my computer just dropped to 80 and then slowly go back up to 100 and it was really freaking weird what? i was like holding I was like physically like holding the table in place because I think the bass was causing the tables to uh, to shift. shake. Yeah. yeah, and my controller does not do that. And I was like, "What is happening right now? Like, how do I fix it?" Yeah. Can you imagine <laughs> yeah. just but this always? This is my fault because I left a cable at home. Yeah, word. 
Sorry. Can please. you imagine always playing on finals like back in the day? Oh, and then just like yeah. having like a stage that was too much bass on. Oh, and just you hear scratching oh and slipping. Well, and... The needles just jump right off of it. Yeah. Like Joe Nice was playing at the loft like, I don't know, like three years ago or some shit. And he could barely finish his set because his tracks were just way too bass heavy. His <laughs> 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 needles just kept like, he couldn't That's like, wild. couldn't crazy. beat match. Yeah. Uh, speaking of people who can't beat match. Oh, um, I mean, that man can definitely, but the only reason why he couldn't is because his, his tracks were oh, too Yeah, no, ridiculous. I believe it. He's but, a professional DJ. But who, this, who are we about to call out? This uh, private party thing that I played for. Yeah. His or self. The, no, this private party. No, I didn't play for it. I mean, uh, that I worked at, that I was referring to, that I was just talking to you about it. I'm terrible. <laughs> that, the one that we were just talking about, and there was a DJ who's friends with the realty company owner guy and how he was, was it oh my god the transitions were fantastic they were boots great. in a dryer and then like <laughs> and then you're in the volume of one track and he was trying but you know what he was trying to beat match um he was trying to mix like a lot of old 70s songs and stuff like that i like but there was no Man, it sounds like the like, guy that opened for Jamiroquai in San Francisco. Oh, yeah. No, it was like that. No, we were that literally was actually, like looking at each no, other was, with our jaws on the floor. He was better than that guy. No way. He we was were like, better than we'd that guy. Like, we'd like listen to this train wreck, totally like so horrible so train bad. wreck of two like old like Earth, Wind & Fire, CB Wonder songs trying oh, to go on at the same time. Out of God. keys, different tempo, everything. Just, I don't know how like, the, wedding like, DJ crossfading one into the other for unless like a they, good 30 seconds. Unless too. like the plan was that they wanted to hire somebody that was so bad that people were begging for them to get on. It was unbelievably just, like, bad. We would just look at it like every time normal. there'd be a transition, me and Pat would look at each other and just be like, I'm not even. A, I'm not <laughs> is even. This a, for real? Is this just oh, seriously I'm happening? Not a, I'm not God. a DJ either, Thousands but I just like that here. makes me feel I can so uncomfortable. See when it's bad. <laughs> At the bad. Civic Center, like thousands of people. Yeah, it was bad. It was unbelievably bad. I'm really. I guess I'm fortunate as hell. I don't know if you guys feel this way, but I haven't seen anyone do that kind of shit in a really long time. It's jarring when it happens because it's very rare. Yeah, it never used to be very rare. Back in the day yeah. when all my homies are starting out, like I first started going to shows, you'd see that shit like yeah. all the time. Yeah. I feel like it's more common with we... open format shit because stuff doesn't yeah. really go together. Like, yeah, I feel that. I don't know. I guess I was Electronic, also more clubby. Some spots. stuff, genres anyway, are made to be mixed, so it just makes everything so easy. But yeah, I get it if you're playing stuff that's like all over the place. But yeah, yeah. anyway, that was terrible. So anyway, <laughs> album of the week, your choice was Deerskin. Deerskin. Um, Coco Pelli flute. Coco Pelli flute. Coco Pelli flute. All right, Megan, what's what's your album of the week? Oh my god. Do you remember at this point? (laughs) No, I don't. It's Bye Bye Seventeen by Harmar Superstar. The first two tracks I've like had on repeat all summer. Lady, you shot me in Prisoner. They're both super dope. They're like very sort of seventies, almost like Ike and Tina, Aretha y. I don't know sort of Motowny. it's really really good nice. if you're looking for the like throwback. modern made stuff that sounds like it was nice i feel that i don't know written in the 70s and it's really 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 good very cool man my album of the week is the new album by chromio i listened to it once i want to listen to it again and it was okay uh i like it just because i like them the album is called head over heels but i do i think it's their finest work probably not but I liked it. I listened to it again. <laughs> and it's new. It's out there. Some new Chromio. They got, there's like, those guys are fucking are, party animals. There's about like 13 tracks. With those on, guys. Yeah, right? There's like 13 tracks on there, and I'd say about five of them are pretty, 
pretty great. I'm gonna have to go back and reassess nice. the other so ones. There's 14, 13 or I don't know. It doesn't nice. say on Spotify. It looks to be about 13 or 14. It's a good yeah, it's a it's a good amount. It's a and it's a quick listen. I listen to it on the car in about 40 minutes. Yeah. 40, 45 nice. minutes. Did you see them at 7th Street? Did you end up going No, to I that? didn't end up going. I had to work. They were they at 1st Ave. 7th Street? No, they were at 1st Ave. I was oh. going to say, I feel like they're I thought you way told bigger me they were than 7th Street. Street. You totally saw Oh, did I? I, I? I misspoke then. Um, it was, you know it was nothing, John main Snow. room, but I've seen them before. I saw them at Somerset. Dude, and them at Somerset was, was insane. It was one of my favorite set of the weekend. a huge crowd, too. It was, it was my favorite set of the weekend by far. Yeah, I'll definitely not forget seeing that. That was one of my favorite sets I've seen. Yeah. Yeah, they're awesome. Put out a lot of a lot of tunes for a lot of music, a lot of depth of sound for two guys on stage. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. So yeah, so recapping the new Deerskin EP. Coco Pelli Flute. Coco Pelli Flute. Out on the Rust. Just came yeah. out like a month ago. And then Megan Harmar's what's it called? Bye bye seventeen. Bye bye seventeen and Head Over Heels by Chromio for me. And that is our uh, long tangential album of the week. Segment for this week. Week, 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 week. We have the pleasure to introduce our very special guest this week. We talked about it a couple weeks ago on the podcast. Gave you guys an opportunity to guess which one of our Canadian friends it would be. If you guessed Defunk, you were right. Woo woo! So we got, we have Mr. Logan Shea from all the way to our friends of the North. They protect us from the North Pole. I think Shea is his middle name, but. Oh, is it? Well. I don't know what his last name is then. He's I just an elusive Logan. Guys, are official Facebook I don't know his last name either, but it's not Shay, I don't yeah, think. Uh, anyway, yeah, it doesn't whatever. really matter. It is. Yo, his, his last <laughs> set that I saw of him at Cervantes was awesome. Yeah, he's so really killing sick. It. He stepped it up since the last time I saw him, and I've loved every set I've seen him before that. And he's like the nicest guy ever. Oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah, um, well, he has to be. He's Canadian. And it's <laughs> like a fucking rule. rule and he's not, he's not even one of these guys like via Australia who lives in Canada. He's straight up Canadian, dude. born and raised. Full blown Canadian. So, all the way from <laughs> Calgary, Alberta, here is Our first guest tonight is. Introducing special guest. Let's do this. You're listening to Green Room This is Defunk, and you are listening to the Green Room Podcast.
got back from Shambhala. How was that? Yeah, I did. I, I just got back yesterday. It was it was quite quite amazing. I, I had a, I did, I'd even go so far as to say that it was probably the best, most dialed in year at Shambhala that I've ever experienced. It was just Dang. everything seemed to work. The music was amazing. Uh, the process of getting in and uh, from an artist's perspective was fantastic. Uh, and then, of course, the set was was just as I pictured it. Everything went well. The crowd response was huge. Um, yeah, I, I just, I couldn't have asked for a better weekend. It was pretty. That's awesome. How was the stage production? You were on Pagoda. I remember I was with you when you found that out and you were super stoked. Was it everything you wanted? Yeah. Yeah, no, I, I was kind of yeah, I was kind of freaking out when I when I was asked to play the stage, and then when I found out about my set time, I was freaking out again because uh, <laughs> it was uh, prime time, eleven p.m. Uh, right at the pagoda, and uh, just as expected, I mean, it it filled out. There was there was probably in the ballpark of about six thousand people uh, crammed into that little stage oh, performance. Hell yeah, yeah, I was uh, I was over the moon. I was and and I was in uh, <clears throat> completely in the zone. You know, just um, just just fully loving it. So, yes, <laughs> you deserve it, dude. Yeah, man. For those that don't know, I've been listening to Logan Anderson right here. Oh, you many know. many moons. <laughs> no one will find him, you know. That's true. That's true. But yeah, I've been listening to Defunk for like ever. It's really surreal to be like you know on a hangout basis with you, and especially running around being direct support for you and stuff like that. So. Super glad that that's finally going down. You super deserve to be on the Pagoda stage. I can't wait to make it to Shams some year. Yeah, oh, oh, it'll happen. Just keep crushing it. You'll 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 be at Shams in no time for sure. Someday. Uh, someday. Did you go hang out at Fractal Forest at all this year? I did. Yeah. No, I I, I did. I went and saw the Friday night. Uh, it was all the all the all the boys essentially the K Labs and the Sticky Buds and Funk Hunters Opio. Uh, oh. Playing, I mean, pretty much everybody was playing on Friday night. It was pretty so fun. Everyone who's funky matters. Yeah, everybody who matters is, like, is there. <laughs> That's awesome. So Megan was telling me this yesterday, and I guess like my uneducated ass didn't know this, but all the uh, Shambhala sets that all the all the boys put together are completely unique. Uh, is that is that true? Is that kind of like, in, and you put a ton of time and thought into this one particular festival, maybe? more so than uh, some other sets that you might have, like just kind of on the back burner that you, you know you can just whip out anywhere yeah. and people are going to dig it. Yeah, yeah, completely. Um, I, I don't know where the tradition really started, but um, I, I think it was probably with like Sticky Buds and the Funk Hunters. I mean, they've, they've been putting out their mixes for a long time, but essentially the tradition is that, uh, you know, that the Shambhala mix is the only kind of real full-length 
a festival mix that you put out throughout the year and it's it's kind of like the apex or the the accumulation of everything that you've done throughout the year uh it's your best mixes your best transitions your best edits um and it, you know if, if you've ever been to the festival everybody is is bringing their a game so it's a very fast-paced very in-your-face kind of festival and so everybody just puts together like the the craziest uh most party time that you can put together and and uh you know i I think i think you're right i think um you know everything kind of leads up to this festival and most of the reason is because we do end up releasing that mix uh it's got to be spot on it's you know it's 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 the thing that people are going to listen to for the next year and uh in in that sense it does it, it it creates uh uh, a, a lot of uh, fun joys and rewards, but it also creates some some issues. And and, and one of the main ones is that uh, <clears throat> when you're working on your next year's mix, you have to make it different. Um, so mm-hmm. for for me, that was actually a little bit a uh, little bit difficult this year. Is that I just I haven't haven't released as much music as I normally do, and so trying to trying to make this one stand out and and uh, you know completely different from last year's set was a, a little bit of a struggle. But I think that in the end, I think I fully, uh, you know, uh, did exactly what I needed to do. And, right. Uh, and it was nice. But how, yeah, how long do you think you uh, put into it? Like, when did you start working on this set? I pretty much started, I think, at the beginning of July or, or around then is when oh, I started nice. coming up with ideas of how I wanted to start it. Um, you know, pretty much all the all the the works in progress and the and the edits and the songs that I've been working on for the last four or five months found their way into this mix. So that that made that part easy. But you know, everything essentially that I was playing was an edit of something. Everything is manipulated and fixed and edited, sped up or uh just cut with with a different vocal sample to just to, to, to kind of form the puzzle pieces that become the overall set. And it's a lot of fun. It's a lot of fun, but it, but it, it is hundreds, if not thousands of hours. Um, and I know that Sticky Buds can attest to that. I think he spends even longer on it, on, on his. But, you know, it's, it, it ends up being this, this work of art. It's not, just, it's not just like playing a set. It becomes kind of work of art that you've been working on for the last weeks, uh, months, if, if not longer. And uh, yeah, so it, it, it does take a long time. It's a lot of editing. <laughs> I think That's some awesome, of the first like, mixes I ever heard that really got me into, I mean, the ghetto funk genre initially was from Slink and Sticky Buds, from Fractal Forest. From Fractal Forest, Forest mixes, Fractal. yeah. yeah no, I listened to so many. With those 2000, yeah. I think 15 mixes. Yeah, I listened to so there. many of those, and it was all like Fractal Forest or Shambhala mixes. Yeah. Uh, and I still listen to a lot of them to this day whenever I see like a Fractal Forest mix from whomever. I'm like, oh, I gotta listen you to it, or like at least add it to my playlist. super jealous of all the things that are in there that you'll never, ever have access to. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> it's so frustrating. <laughs> and, and and so so it's kind of a feedback loop. Like those mixes create the anticipation that people can expect from from going and seeing that live, and in return, the artists kind of try to one up one another, you know. And and so sure. that 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 tradition has kind of created this this like ultra competitive but fun uh, nature that 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 goes on, uh, especially in the fractal forest where everybody's just bringing their a game and, and it and it makes for some incredible sets that stand the test of time so i, I think uh in the end i think 
it does everybody justice. It does everybody good to, uh, to, to put that yes. out. <laughs> Funny that you mentioned that you say all the different producers and um, acts try to one-up each other with their sets. But, you know, knowing over the past, you know, three years, like getting a, a chance to meet all these people and you say that kind of like tongue in cheek one upping each other because everybody's friends and yeah. within that with this particular like funk uh glitch community or whatever you want to call it um it, like everybody's homies right oh, and yeah. they all wish for they all wish for the best and we all love to collab with each other yeah and it's not really like a competition we all love to see each other doing great things yeah it's funny because just the other day megan made like a post about so i can't even remember what you were talking about but somebody commented on it like Oh, you're better than them anyway, and you're like, you're like, that's not the point, you know? Yeah, it's like a terrible comment. Leave ever, I don't know, whatever. It was like a show got announced, and someone was like, "You're better than the other person." It was like, why are you posting that in the public forum? Yeah, it's like that's not. I'm gonna leave that there, or agree with you, or something like that. Yeah, yeah, it's never gonna happen. Yeah, it's not something that you ever want to really respond to because. Yeah, uh, definitely not. I just deleted it immediately. Yeah, Nobody needs to see that. Nobody needs to see that, and it's not—it's not the attitude that we have. It's not. No, I feel like um, in this community, like everyone shares these victories. Sometimes, you know, like everyone's just really stoked for each other. Yeah, a victory for somebody is sort of like a victory for us all because it's perpetuating the music that we dig so much and like yeah, spreading. Oh, totally. so it's cool that we're able to like look at things like that. Whereas yeah. I feel like some of the other genres are much more competitive. Yes. And on like an aggressive level, but we've talked about this like twenty thousand times. <laughs> <laughs> so I have to ask you I have to ask you real quick, um, before I forget, uh if you had to if you had to pick uh let's just say two because we don't want to pick favorites, but or two or three, what were the two or three standout sets besides your own that you got to witness at Shambhala that you think people should go check out or be on the lookout for when their mixes come out? Well, I, you know, I, unfortunately, I didn't see a whole lot of full. I spent my time either at the the, the bar behind the stage. <laughs> I was, uh, or I was just like drifting through stages. I mean, I, I literally, I tried to see all my friends. I tried to see everything that I could, but I was just being pulled in about twenty five different directions at any one point. Plus, I was, you know, I I was preparing in in every spare moment that I could for uh, for my set. So I did. I did end up going into the Fractal Forest for for a while on Friday, and I saw K-Lab threw down a, a really good set, and OPO threw down a, a lot of really cool new stuff. So I, I did see those guys. They were fantastic. I saw a little bit of Sticky Buds, and then I did get to see some music on Sunday, the day after my set. So I ended up seeing Cam on Crooked, which was probably uh, one of the best sets I've ever seen in my life. It was it was nice. fantastic. If, if you don't know who they are, they are, I believe they're from Austria, but they're a, a duo that makes drum and bass and they've kind of transcended into their own genre. It's like very minimal, atmospheric, almost trance-like drum and bass. It's very, very exciting. And what's it called? What are they called again? Camo uh, and Crooked? Uh, Camo and Crooked, yeah. I've, I've, I've played multiple tracks by them. And they've, they, I mean, they've, they've been legendary for about 15 years, too. They've been in the really? game. Really? Yep. Yeah, they, good, good, yeah, I'm gonna go check them out. <laughs> yeah, you should check them out. You, you probably actually recognize some of their songs from back in the day. Who else did I see? I saw DJ Craze threw down a really, really cool set. That was a lot of fun. He is a uh, multiple world DMC champion, I believe. And so he's just, he's like an incredible scratch artist, but he also produces some really cool, dark, like halftime music. And he mixes it in there with trap and future bass and some really, really interesting music. So that, that was, that was. A pretty gnarly set. I saw that in the fractal forest. 
and then I ended up catching a little bit of res and bits and pieces here and there. But I, I would say that those artists uh, were probably my favorite that I saw. So you just got back last night. Was it you and your girlfriend? Did you guys go together? Yeah. Yeah. We, we were, we were uh, traveling together in my little hatchback car. <laughs> just to give you an idea, I mean, we, we, we were on the road for about seven, seven and a half hours from where I live, which is Calgary, which is just outside the mountains, to essentially a place within the mountains, I, I would say that's, that's probably about a third of the way to the coast. So you're looking at about seven and a half hour drive. If you want to drive from where I live in Calgary to Vancouver, which is, which is literally just one province or state away, it's, it's about an 11 hour drive on, on a good day. So an extremely large country and uh, the mountains don't make it any easier to get through. Obviously, it's a, it's a long drive. It's a gorgeous drive, though. It's probably one of the most beautiful drives you're ever going to experience in your life. Um, yeah, I actually, um, I, my uncle lives in Calgary, and when I was 18, I went to go visit him with my family, and we drove from Calgary south down to Whitefish, Montana. Nice. And that was about, a, I think, about a five- or six-hour drive, and it was, it was gorgeous. I mean, I was 18, so I didn't really appreciate it as much at the time. I was kind of just, like, stuck in a car. Yeah. But it's pretty <laughs> breathtaking in hindsight. Yeah. It, it, there's something about mountains that you could you could see a million goddamn mountains and you never get sick of, of seeing another one. They're, they're just so pretty. They're, they're so impressive. And uh, and there, there's something comforting about about seeing the landscape above you. I, I, I don't know what it is. Like when, when I'm when I'm in a city with a very flat geographic kind of a horizon, I, I, I so many of us <laughs> like the Midwest. I don't know. I just feel kind of I feel alone. But whenever I can see the mountains, I, I feel kind of uh, at home and comfortable. So uh, right. they're 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 quite quite amazing to be around. <laughs> I hear that. I can relate to that. Yeah, they do feel like home. So what do you got? Uh, what do you got coming up on the horizon here? Well, I got uh, pretty much. I'm going to be leaving for for Greece right away here. I've, I've got, oh, damn. I've got no notion, notion on, uh, I, I think it's the 20, it's the 25th. It's uh, next week. Uh, I'll see you there. Of this month. And so that's, that's a big festival that I'm really looking forward to. Obviously they, they do a fantastic job. And then a couple of days I, I leave for Greece, uh, and I'm going to be gone till the middle of September. So really, really excited about that. It's, it's my, it's my, you know, my yearly getaway from work period. And since I was 18, I've, I've just absolutely loved to travel, been, been a huge fan of, of seeing the world and being kind of humbled by the different cultures around the world. And so uh, we just kind of happened upon Greece as one of our destinations. I, I think mostly because of the history for me, there's some really rich history in the Mediterranean, but it's also, I mean, it also does, doesn't hurt that it's a gorgeous like beach and, and, you know, hot spot to get away from for a couple of weeks. So, yeah, so that's beautiful. Really I'd imagine. Yeah. Oh God. Yeah. It looks, it looks great. Perfect I, weather. <laughs> they, they've had some forest fires, unfortunately this year. So hopefully really? it's calmed down by the time we go, but you know, we're going to yeah. be, we're going to be seeing some of the temples and going through the islands and jumping on ferries and, mm-hmm. you know, swimming with some of the fishies. It's, it, it'll be, yeah. a, it'll be a nice little getaway from, from the stresses that have been my life for the last couple of years. So now let me ask you if you, when you're on vacation like that, let's you're gone for like, I don't know, like three weeks or whatever. Yeah. And do you do any work at all? Do you come up with ideas, try to, you know, work on some tunes? Maybe if you're over there, happen to, who knows what will happen? Maybe you play a set or something like that. Or do you, do you just completely He's say, hello. Well, I, yeah, I know. I mean, but like, or do you completely 
stop everything and just go enjoy traveling. It's uh, it, it depends on whether or not I bring my computer. <laughs> that is the, oh. that is that is the hinge right there. Yeah, I, I definitely I'm planning on not bringing my my computer. In which case, I won't be able to get any work done, which will be kind of nice. But uh, I, I think I think I might actually have to. There, there's a couple of projects that I need to just work on that that are unmusic related that I might uh, be doing. And some of my off time, like on some of the trains or possibly on some of the ferries. But you know, when, when I was in uh, I was in Belize last year. That was kind of my trip last year, and I it was so unbelievably nice to just leave everything at the door and to just embrace it because. You know, as, as a musician, I'm, I'm sure you can. I'm sure you can kind of relate to this, but you're never really turned off. You're never really, you're never really getting any time off. Like we don't, we don't get holidays off. We don't get weekends off. Any time that we have that's free, we usually spend um, working on something, or thinking about something, or planning something, or working on marketing, or you know, figuring out logistics for flying. I mean, there's there's a million things as a musician when you own your own business that you have to do. And it never really ends, and it's exhausting. It's mentally exhausting. I've been I've been super burnt out this year because of that. So, taking two two and a half weeks off of that not only helps my mental health, but it it allows me to kind of reset and get some of that inspiration back. Right, right, huge, right. I mean, you can only you can only go at one hundred and ten percent for so long before you just become uh, kind of un uninfluenced and you know un uninspired and, 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 and a multitude of other things. So, yeah, so my, my plan mostly is to, is to really turn off and probably just, uh, you know, probably just write some ideas down for songs. You know, I'm, I can't turn my inspiration off. That's for sure. But, um, I could definitely stop working on certain things. And so that's, <laughs> So when you say you're doing some stuff that's not music related, I assume those are graphic design projects? Yeah, yeah. Graphic design projects and some video editing. I've been doing that a lot in my free time. Yeah, so for people that don't know this, Logan does all of his own design and most of your video stuff, probably. Yeah, yeah. uh, Yeah, now I usually usually just reach out to, to videographers and I get the footage and I edit everything for my <laughs> for my page. You know, I've done lots of festival recaps for people. I've I've edited, you know, the the Lost Lands live sets, the hour long sets for for a lot of the artists. And so I've been doing that for the last year or two. It's just um, you know, it's just some some extra little projects that I that I can do in, in the spare time that are really easy for me. And, and it is uh, nice too to change gears, but you're still being creative. You know, exactly. I really right, like right. so. I'm kind of finding, and I'm sure you are as well, I think we might have talked about this when we were hanging out last, but that there's just like an ever-emerging group of artists, it seems like, who are also their own graphic designers. And I know you're <laughs> one of them. Um, Caleb, K-Lab, yep. does all his own stuff as well. Um, Edamame does all his own stuff oh, and wow. stuff for other people. And, and so does Caleb and so do you and yeah. so do I. <laughs> so yeah. it's kind of interesting and cool to meet other people that are able to do that stuff for themselves. I just really can't even imagine how much money I would have spent at this point in my life had I had to hire out every piece of promotional material that I'd ever needed. Yeah, no, I, I think that's exactly it. I, I think that's um, that's why we specifically, if we have the training and we have the capability, it just only makes sense. I mean, you're shaving off hundreds, if not thousands of dollars each month that you'd be spending on on creating fires and promotional, uh, you know, right. even just like tour announcements. Every time you have to add 
dates to a tour, you know, you would have to be paying somebody. And, and I, and I get that from a, I'm a graphic designer. So, so I, I, I get that, that everything costs money in that regard, but it, it's just, if you can do it all in house, it just saves you so much money and you get to control it. And, it. and it saves you uh, the back and forth of actually working with the designer yeah, because you have, true. you have the thought in your head and you can put it down exactly the way you perceive it in your head. Yeah. Instead of, instead of like having to be like, well, I want a revision. I sometimes though yeah. do find that it is nice to hire somebody else to do it. Do you ever do that, Logan? Uh, I, I, I do every once in a while and, and a little more often now too. Um, just because sometimes it's nice to just relieve the burden of, of having to figure it out on top of everything else you need to do. Yeah, for real. It's just like, <laughs> it yeah, it's just less stressful. It's, it's and less if you stressful. find an artist that you trust and you like all their work, you know, it's all, it's really cool to be on the other side of that. Yeah. Because constantly we're, it's our job to interpret what people are saying. And yeah. generally speaking, people don't know how to say what they want. So we, yeah. our whole like job is interpreting what people are saying and then interpreting that into something that looks good. Um, but yeah, when we, when I find somebody I really trust, it's really fun actually to be on like the other side of that interaction and to be able to be like, can we make it a little more like bubbly, you know, like say stupid <laughs> adjectives like that and like make them run with it. Yeah. I like enjoy yeah. that. <laughs> yeah. yeah well, seeing what other people will come up with. <laughs> yeah. It's just nice to not have to do it. It's it's, it's it's kind of interesting, though, just, just on this topic alone. I, I mean, if we actually look at what that's essentially saying about how the music industry is operating right now in, in its current state, the fact that artists are starting to, to do that themselves, I think it's kind of speaking a little bit about maybe just how much how much artists need to do themselves these days and how much yeah, it's uh, such an autonomous uh, profession you know right. and and just the fact that not not many of us are making a lot of money and these things do cost money whereas maybe back in the way in in the day these large labels may have taken care of that but i i feel like a, a huge amount of work lays on on top of our desks as as an artist these days and it's it's kind of insane to to imagine what life would be like just sitting back and being able to make music and that's your only job. I mean, <laughs> yeah, I just it's it's kind of crazy how it shifted in, into this into this like man of all trades kind of thing, or, 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 or you know, yeah. even some of the biggest artists like that you hear on the radio on pop radio have to be more on top of their shit these days too. From what I've heard, when I worked at my old job, one of the which was for a record label, one of the radio promoter guys who's like would travel with a lot of these bands, like, quote, back in the day when the labels would take care of everything. He said the difference between today versus back then is huge. You're not having, uh, just for a quick example, you're not having, you know, bands going out and getting loaded after all their shows <laughs> and, you know, being able to sleep in and have somebody else wake them up, make sure they get on the tour bus and go yeah. to the next stop and do all of that. Everybody has to kind of be responsible for themselves. People have to be more on top of things. I know that sounds get, like crazy right yeah, now. Yeah. When, I, when I look at that, when I look at like how it used to be, that almost looks more crazy. It's like, yeah, I know, right? like whoa, wow. We have to like be responsible for our own livelihood now. <laughs> I know, right? No one's going to like do every fucking thing for me. Like <laughs> I just can't believe that that used to be. I know, it's like crazy. Like, like, yeah, you can't just fuck around and be famous now. It's like, well, you used to be able to. I don't <laughs> yeah, know. I know, right? It's such a, it's such a weird concept. It is. It, it, it really is. It seems almost alien at this point to, to me. I, I, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Well, me and Logan like to get our drink on. We know this. Oh, sure. I mean, don't get me wrong. There's still like band, like still bands and groups like after you're oh, set, you'll go out and I'm have a few joking, drinks. But <laughs> last time we were hanging out, we were laughing about the fact that 
we didn't really realize that every time we hang out, we end up at like a brewery yeah. or a cidery <laughs> or a brewery or a brewery. Or a distillery. Like, <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah, the distillery. Oh, yeah, Fargo. <laughs> yeah, and then when we were in Fort Collins, we went to... Oh, well, when we were in Denver, we went to Blue Moon Brewery. Then when we went to Fort Collins, we went to Scrumpy's Cidery. Yeah. When we were in Fargo, we went to Proof Distillery. Yep. Everywhere we go, me yeah, and Logan are <laughs> trying to taste booze. What was that? The guy at Scrumpy's, which if you guys ever go to Fort Collins, you've got to go to this place called Scrumpy's. And then when you eat breakfast in the morning, you got to go to... Do you remember what that place was called, Logan? Oh, um... No, but it was it was down the street. It was a fantastic breakfast place. I think it specialized in breakfast, but it was yeah. Really I'm looking good. it up right now. But yeah, the cidery was awesome, and the guy that was working there, as soon as he found out we were playing at Hody's, he just like brought back a growler of a cider. Wait, is that the that's in Fort Collins? You said yeah. Didn't we go? We, we yeah, went we there got too. Lights there, so I took <laughs> yeah. them there last time we were there. Yeah, yeah, I remember that place. That place was really good, and I normally don't like ciders. Yeah, and what kind did they give you, Logan? Oh, that, I think basil? it was a, a strawberry basil. Strawberry basil. Yeah. yeah. That was awesome. And so was the uh, raspanero. It was raspberry, serrano, habanero. Really good. Really wow. good. Yeah. Something something about the this, like, this hint of spice, uh, of like a pepper spice in a drink is really, really hot right now as people are kind of experimenting with different ways of making cocktails. Like it's, it was really good. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's totally sure. true. Pat works at a taco bar right now. And every time I go order a margarita there, I have them shake it up with jalapeno. Yeah. We have a, we have a drink there called the Oaxaca Flaca, uh, which is, um, <laughs> it's like a grapefruit Aperol drink with poblano pepper infused liquor. And then we shake it with a couple of uh, jalapeno peppers as well. It's really good. I like spicy drinks. And we actually, we have a, a cider company here in Minneapolis, right in Northeast, where we do this broadcast from, that has a habanero cucumber cider that they're making right now that everybody wow. knows. So, yeah, it's, it is all the rage, but I kind of like it, man, because I like spicy food. So Me too. <laughs> Why not spicy drinks as well? It, it's good for your metabolism. The, 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 the heat, something about it just kind of gets your, gets your motor running. <laughs> yeah, it's good for your immune system too. If you have a, I know there's a lot of people who will put like a – a uh, little tiny bit of cayenne pepper and like their orange juice every morning. Ooh, interesting. Yikes. Yeah, it's supposed, okay, to, it's supposed okay. to be good for your, your was system. Was it called the Urban Egg? Yeah, I think it was. Yeah, it that was it. Was. Okay, okay. Yeah, everybody yeah. go to the motherfucking Urban Egg. Yeah, and get the Benedict because <laughs> it's insane. And then also get a juice. We like sat down. And I was like, man, I wish there was a juice bar around here. I bet I could go out the front door and throw a rock and hit one. Yeah. And then look down at the menu and they're like, we also serve freshly squeezed juices. Uh, like, I was yeah. just like, Oh, they had one called, they had one called the cure and it was cucumber, ginger, oh, carrot, yeah. and like kale. And then they went, they had one called the cause and it was all that with like vodka. In it. Yeah. <laughs> that, that, that was amazing marketing. That was great. <laughs> it was great. I unfortunately only got the cure. I was not feeling a hundred percent after our show. Yeah. The night I, you had the cause, you had the cause the night before. Yeah. The cause had already occurred. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Oh my God. So, so good. Yes. Man, I can't even look at these pictures. All right. Anyway, Shut it down. Next, next. <laughs> Speaking of awesome things, I just wanted to let you guys know this really important piece of information I found out on Facebook today. Jimmy Buffett oh, yes. opened his own Margaritaville-themed retirement community what? in Florida. Yeah, there's going to be like four or five different locations like throughout like Florida and South Carolina. Yeah, and it's just full of – it's got like tons of pools. 
and tons of band shells so people can play there. And it's full of, it's always five o'clock bars. Yeah, I was reading that this morning when you sent it to me, Megan. And I, was, I wanted to ask you guys uh, what your thoughts are on something like that. Because, okay, Jimmy Buffett, Margaritaville theme. I did, I did a little bit more research into it. And it's basically, like Megan said, this retirement community where you can just go drink margaritas. And I'll tell you what, after like two or three margaritas, I'm having a rough day the next day. Yeah. So if you, this was in your backyard... Like imagine, it imagine is your that is your backyard. <laughs> imagine waking up every day at a music festival and having everything that a music festival offers at your fingertips every day. Yeah, they're playing cornhole at this point. As, yeah, at, wow. Like let's say you retired and you retire at a music festival that never ends. <laughs> could that get could that get old after a while? I think it would be. I think I think, yeah. I, I I I think I think you need a little bit of separation between your party life and your home life personally. <laughs> Yeah, well, people have been waiting their whole lives for this. Listen, it's great timing for a margarita-themed retirement community as the song first came out in 1977, and many who grew up with the song are now reaching prime retirement age. <laughs> so literally, <laughs> like, they've been waiting for this for, like, 40 years. Yeah, but, like, how, like, is that going to, usually when you retire, you, you go out and do fun stuff. They'll probably retire there for, like, a year and be like, peace. Yeah, that's, that's what I'm saying. I mean, expensive. if you live there, like, in... I don't know, man. I think after about a year or two, I'd be dead. <laughs> like, literally just die. <laughs> My body would be over it. Well, I mean, it's a good, sounds like a good way to go on these lime-shaped pillows. Yeah, well, okay. They look like limes. Just, anyway. Yeah, it just sounds like a temptation for, for, for making bad decisions. <laughs> for yeah. rich, old, retired Floridians. Well, maybe it's, what is that, uh, what's, what's that term? It's like a, it's a sly way to euthanize people. <laughs> Is that morbid? Is that morbid? <laughs> population control. <laughs> Jimmy Buffett has a plan to kill off like all of the old religious. No, because that's people. that's where he makes in Margaritaville. No, not at all. But that actually makes no sense because that's where he makes his money off. <laughs> so I can't. That's just totally his business. Like I think they, you they, go the religion route, like the R. L. Ron Hubbard route. If you're yeah. gonna try to do that, yeah, he can just try to the Margaritaville Church. <laughs> I don't. Yeah. I don't know. That that would be pretty terrible if 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 you are getting tired of Grandpa's antics and you just you're like, hey Grandpa, there's this great place we heard about. You should go over there. <laughs> Isn't that what any retirement home is? <laughs> yeah, I guess I guess that is essentially a retirement home in a nutshell. Hey, would you ever let yourself be put in a home? <laughs> you're gonna love it. <laughs> I don't know if I would ever go to a home. Nobody ever wants to go in a home, but it eventually happens. Like, yeah, but it's some the people way are like, over my dead body, will I ever go in a home? If you ever, if you ever need to put me in a home, just kill me. You know? Yeah, yeah, that's what they all say until it comes time to where they need, abs- they need a home. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay. Or, but then they have like they, the home, they have like the home caretakers too. The big thing for old people are stairs. What will be an hour version of Margaritaville? Shambhala retirement community. There's going to be a fractal forest in your backyard. Yeah, yeah fractal forest retirement Oh, community. man. That would, that would definitely kill some people after a while. <laughs> oh, within days. Within days. <laughs> Amazing. All right. Well, you're all welcome for those um, trademark ideas in the podcast. Yeah. Right here first. So when you come back from Greece, what do you have on the horizon for the rest of the year? Do you have any releases that you're really stoked about that you want to tell people about? You got any big shows that you, you want to plug, you want to promote? So I do have a, I, I do have a big festival coming up, uh, Residence Festival in Ohio. So really looking forward to that one. Got who's playing that? There's Tipper, there's the Floozies, 
uh, there's, you know, there's a lot of, uh, a lot of, a lot of kind of jam artists and electronic artists that are going to be playing at that festival. It's, it, it's really, 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 really good lineup. So that one's happening. And then honestly, you know, I, I just, uh, I just transferred to a new booking agency, Madison house recently in the last. Really? Yep. yep. Congratulations. Congratulations. Thank you. Yeah. So we're, we're honestly still in the transition phase right now where, uh, we are, we are looking for kind of the perfect tour slot or openings, you know, supporting slot for that. And I think we're just, uh, we're just working logistically instead of trying to get shows here and there. So, so far I don't actually have a whole lot planned for the next couple of months. It could be quite interesting and it could be an, an opportunity for me to buckle down and, and uh, make a make a massive release, but uh, I'm I'm looking forward to to what will happen this year. Now that I have a large agency under my belt, so I, I you know only good things are going to come out of that. In, in terms of music, I'm sitting on tons of stuff that I just need to figure out what to do with. I just haven't had the time to put together a proper release schedule, and that's going to be hopefully happening very soon. If not right before I leave for Greece, uh, we're going to come up with a plan right after. And you know it's it's some really cool music. It's it's different as usual <laughs> from 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 anything I've put out. But yeah, there there is a lot of music that I'm going to be releasing. It's just coming up with a it's it's coming up with a plan and and not just not just putting things out there and having them be a fart in the wind, but uh, but actually right. you know actually like putting together something that makes sense with either a tour schedule or uh, or you know putting out singles that are that are very powerful and very well projected and that kind of thing so right now when it comes to releases do you find that let's say let's just hypothetically say you got like 25 30 tracks let's say 30 tracks that you got on the back burner that you know are releasable are you planning to release all of them and kind of whittle it down into more cohesive projects like EPs or like a three track single type thing hmm. um, and eventually get them all out or are you going to whittle that down would you like to whittle it down into a full length, maybe eleven or twelve track album, and kind of scrap? That's such a fucking I know. Well, it's, I know it's a ridiculous question, but everybody has a different approach to it. So, yeah. Well, no. please we'll outline your exact release plan. <laughs> Even after you told me you don't yeah, have a plan, please do what you said you haven't had time to do yet. Right now, no. I just like how I guess well, everybody approaches it differently. So, <laughs> so I no, I I understand the question. I I think going the route of singles and small releases is probably better. What I tried to do last year with my <clears throat> with my Empire release was only release oh, oh sorry only release the absolute best that I that I created, and it seemed to work out pretty well. You know, instead of just instead of just pumping out tons of songs on a big album that may be forgettable, I wanted to put out four songs that were that were super tight and super well put together and and uh, i think it i think it really resonated well so my plan is to keep going with that i hear you i'm literally trying to do that right now with what i'm sitting on yeah it's hard to i feel like for a while i was pretty much releasing everything i made yeah but it's hard to learn to have to whittle that down and like it's almost like not a shot to my self-confidence but like i just have had to i don't know take like find a new perspective in terms of how i judge myself when i'm not being productive and when i judge myself when i find that a song maybe isn't worthy of actually doing a release or something yeah. like that and not being yeah. mad about that just continuing to make more stuff and yeah whatever yeah. whatever and speaking of the empire ep which everyone should check out because i'm on it yeah um yeah. we have a remix contest going on right now when does that end i think it ends i believe like the 10th of september or something so there's another couple of weeks for people to get their remixes. Perfect. Really looking yeah. forward to going through those. 
Yeah, me too. There are already hundreds of them. Yeah, it's, it's, it's unreal. So, I, I did not expect that kind of response. I mean, there's just people, people that have probably never heard my name that are going in and trying to remix this. Just because, you know, there's some cool prizes and it's an opportunity to work with something new and and, and, and you really, you, you never know what's going to happen when you, when you do that, because you're going to get stuff you, you did not expect at all. And that's when, that's when you get some really interesting, uh, re, you know, remixes and responses back. It's just like these. For sure. I'm excited to go through and I'm, listen, find some to play out. What I'm, you know what I'm going to do is I'm going to go and enter that contest. I already signed up and I'm going to take all the vocal stems and all of the different instrumental stems. And I'm going to go and create my own tracks and then flood SoundCloud with featuring Megan Hamilton and featuring Defunk. So um, you guys have that to look forward to. You guys are going to be featured on a lot of my tracks. <laughs> totally, yeah, just, just. <laughs> oh, man. It's, it, it's, it, it's, it's crazy what, what people will do out there. They really <laughs> I say that for people who are out there listening who don't know like, the tongue-in-cheek joke, um, it, it can, I know for a lot of producers who do that type of stuff and get a, a little perturbing and a little a little i'm sure there are people that exist right now that stole my vocal and have me listed as a feature i oh yeah change the name of the song oh for sure they have and like so the same original same with logan and i've seen it before i've seen it before out there with other artists it's like featuring this just because they get like an other kind of out clean acapella or something like that um vila who's on you know um yeah yeah the what is it let it go or oh, let yeah. it be yeah uh, who who does that song? Black. Black. Uh, uh, black. Uh, it's yeah. Black Mill. Really, really chill. Uh, yeah, Black Mill. Um, yeah, yeah. Black Mill did a song called "Let It Be," which was super popular. I'm, I'm sure most people on here have heard it before. With this singer named Vila, and she decided to come out with a series of sample packs in post, and people ended up just taking. Like the six different sample packs that she put out, she named them like Vila number one, Vila number two. People right, just took them right. and were like, Megan Hamilton featuring Vila. So she just got put on everything and there was no quality control, obviously. And she kind of just like disappeared. And I've heard a few, I don't know, when I've seeked out advice for doing my own vocal sample packs, I've heard that brought up a couple times is that you can ha like lose the novelty of your voice if you're giving everyone constant yeah. accessibility to six different packs full right, of your stuff, right. and then people steal it and put your name on things that you were not part of. So yeah, it's crazy yeah. how that can happen. Yeah, there's no way of there's no way of, of controlling uh, yeah, the the um, the standard of, of what people are putting out, and there's there's a lot of junk out there. Exactly, well, I'm well, very like, yeah. kind of hesitant to put out it's, a vocal sample pack because of that so. it's funny there's that this whole conversation is really ironic throwing back to or going back to the uh the old time bands or like the music the good old days of the music industry is because the reason why it existed is because they could control the marketing channels of their bands yeah. and the reason why it doesn't exist in that sense anymore is because of soundcloud yeah. and the ability for people to quick produce their own stuff so in a sense this whole conversation is just a a smaller discussion of what was a bigger discussion of the whole music industry in general, how it's, yeah. You know what I mean? It's a little ironic, but it's, no, no, it is. It, it, it's, totally, it's kind of funny. Totally is. And, uh, j j just to touch on what we were just talking about, um, you, you'll notice actually, there's a lot of, <clears throat> there's a lot of sample packs on splice now that are, are done by vocalists. And there's a little disclaimer within there that says you're not allowed to use their, 
their their name um, in in the titling or the credit of, of your oh. and so that's actually probably a smart way to go about it for that very reason is that you know you're you're free to use their vocals but they but they actually state you're not allowed to include their name in anything. Um, okay, that's interesting. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you just have to basically have someone that moderates that. Probably right. would be me. Yeah, googling myself over and over and reporting things. I've been like doing like working on some of the very amateur or less than amateur sounding productions that I'm trying to put together and trying to go out and find vocal samples on Splice. I find it actually very very challenging to find good vocals that are like actually saying words I want to put in my track. Yeah. <laughs> being cheesy or just finding ones that I, I don't know. I just feel like there's a lot of. Uh, a lot of crap out there and there's not a whole lot to choose from. Yeah. And it's, I'm, I'm hearing some of the same vocal samples, like on many tracks. I'm like, Oh, they got it off that blah, 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 volume totally. three vocal samples off splice or whatever. Totally. Um, yeah. So yeah, I feel like it's really, um, it's a really nice asset to be able to know a singer like Megan or be able to do for her to, to put out her own material, being able to sing and sing the lyrics that you want to say in your songs or being able to know anybody who can do vocals and just get like that one unique gem for your particular song instead of yeah. having to go find. <clears throat> no, it's it's true. And, and Megan, you, you do a fantastic job with it, by the way. So I applaud you Thank for you. that. <laughs> but no, it, it's true. And, and especially with the, with the I, there's this importance now with music, I, I find, to have vocals. Uh, I mean, a lot of the, ED, the EDM electronic music world has, has kind of shifted to to making catchy songs. And, and I think that's just, partly due to just how much music is out there. You know, you need to kind of stand out. You need to be people to somewhat how you somehow remember your songs. And so a lot of people are gravitating towards featuring vocalists and, and these, these vocals are, are actually doing a lot for the, for the track. So they're becoming a very important part of, of the music, just, just almost like with, with pop music, how, you know, you've got the producer and you've got the, the vocalist. It's now, it's, it's almost like 50, 50 in terms of what's carrying the track. But, but everyone's doing it, so everyone's looking for these vocalists, and uh, you know, there's only so many acapellas on Splice that you can use, and you know there's overlaps, people are using the same things, and yeah, it's, it's, it's an interesting world now. There's, there's just a lot more um, collaboration, I think. Like, collaboration is, is, is even more common now than it ever has been in the Definitely. Yeah, I feel that way, too. Sure. Similarly with graphics, yeah. we were talking about... Uh, sometimes, yeah, it is great to be able to do your own graphics, and it's great to be able to do my own vocals, but I get sick of my own vocals, and so it is also really nice sometimes to be able to find somebody else, not a splice sample, but when you run across somebody who's a really talented vocalist that has some studio experience and really knows what they're doing, it's really refreshing to not have to like pour over it yourself and to just like kind of let it go mm -hmm. and let somebody else play. Yeah, mm -hmm. absolutely. Yeah. Cool. Well... Logan, thank you for uh, thanks for joining us. We really, really appreciate it. I know you guys like just got back in from Shambhala like last late late last night. So we appreciate you uh, waking up and taking the time with us this afternoon. So thank you so much. Oh yeah, no worries, no worries. Very, very happy to to, to chat with you guys. It's always it's always a pleasure. <laughs> yeah, thank you. Well, I'll see you next week at Motion Notion. Yeah, and uh, enjoy your vacation. Much deserved vacation coming up here, and we're excited to see what you have on the horizon with releases and how Madison House is all going to play out. Yeah, and for that Shambhala mixed. Crowd. Yeah, we want that Shambhala mix. Come on, man. It's only it's already been two days. Where's it at? We want it now, man. Come on. How long does it take to put together, bro?
<laughs> yeah. It, 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 I just want to touch really quickly on that. So I, I did something uh, different this year. I um, So not not only did I record the mix itself with the, the horns and, and the mic feedback and, and all, all that stuff. So you get, you know, you get the actual recording of the set, but I, I hired a, a video team to run out. There was, I think they, they had about five, five guys with the drone and people in the audience. And so we have, if everything goes well, we have successfully recorded the entire set visually as well. Hell yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to be That's super sweet. Oh, yeah, so I'm going to be spending uh, probably a couple weeks editing and putting that together and then putting it out as a, as a full on production, which I'm really excited about. Yeah. I'm excited about that too. Now that I know, yeah. now that I know about it. Cool. Well, we'll be on the lookout for that as well. So, yeah, thanks again for, uh, for joining us, man. And, and take care and ho- hopefully talk to you soon. Yeah. Take it easy, guys. Enjoy those. Thanks, Logan. Have a good night. Day, whatever. Bye. Phil, what do you got coming up? So I got um, North Coast at the end of this month. It's going to be excellent. Uh, first time playing that festival in Chicago. Um, Is that a Beak Nasty or Foxy Dope? It's a Beak Nasty run. Sweet. We might do some Foxy Dope-ish after parties, some gallery stuff maybe. Cool. Something's in the works, I think. But yeah, that's the only thing confirmed that weekend. Like Jameer Kwai gonna be there. I know, I'm so jealous. I kinda wanna go. It's the first time actually. I'm gonna be seeing seeing them, so um and then we confirmed a show in Albuquerque on November eighth, I believe. Yeah. Which is gonna be really cool. It's through my friend Alain with the multifaceted movement. He, Do you know uh, where you're playing? Do you know the venue? I forget the name of the venue. It's okay. the apparently the only venue out there that's like Still has pop and shows that are going oh, on a F- bunch. FX, probably. probably FX. FX, yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, shout out to Lynn, multifaceted movement. And then, actually, I haven't announced I can't say where yet, but September 11th in Denver and September 22nd in Boulder. Very cool. If you, you Colorado listeners, look out for those shows. And we have a lot of them, actually. Cool. So... Yeah, I'll Very be back cool. again as we realize I'm there every 90 days. Yeah, where are you go? Where are you going to be? October 6th, I'm going to go hang out with Aaron at the Fox. That's right. In nice. Boulder with yeah, so, yeah. Down. so Down. I am so whoop, down whoop, whoop. to come out. Right. <laughs> cool. Anything else you want to plug? <laughs> All right. There tune in. Tune and in. On that note, that is this week's episode. Keep so it classy, wherever the fuck classy. you are. And thanks for joining us. And that's how the cookie crumbles. Now to weather. Now to the weather. All right. We'll be back in a couple of weeks with a friend. Are you still going? Yeah. We'll be back in a couple of weeks with <laughs> a friend. He couldn't make it because he had a sore throat today, uh, but he'll be You're here. cutting all this out. I know, I know. <laughs>